You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked On Tigers. Today is Wednesday, October 27th, 2021. I'm your host, Scott Bentley. Thank you guys for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by Spotify Greenroom. Download the Spotify Greenroom app and find one of our Locked On rooms. All right. That was really loud. I feel like I just yelled that. That might have been really loud. I apologize for uh, if that was if that was too loud there. Jeez, I got I got really into that. All right, we are back for another uh, deep dive on a player on the Tigers' twenty-six man roster, and today we will be looking at third baseman Jamer Candelario. I'm going to try and go through all the people that got uh, that that replied to. That doesn't make sense. I'm going to try to go through all the players that were in the replies of the tweet where I asked what players do you guys like have a pressing need to see at the beginning of this series. Uh, so so Jamer was one of those. And I think that he makes a lot of sense to, to do early on. One of, the, one, of, one of, if not the best player on the team this year. Uh, and definitely has one of the most... Uh, one of the biggest guarantees to be on the roster in 2022, if not the biggest, uh, as well as one of the most interesting future situations uh, as well. And just all around, I, I, his underlying numbers really don't do it justice for how crazy good of a year Jamer Candelario had. And, and even more so, uh, just stats aside, how important he was to this team, we're going to get into uh, a lot more situational hitting, like Jamer coming up in certain situations, and what made him so important to this team in 2021. So let's take a look at Jamer. Okay, Jamer Candelario, third baseman. He is 27. He will be 28 in about a month, right around Thanksgiving. He turns 28. So next year will be his age 28 season. Uh, he is arbitration eligible this year. So that'll be a super interesting thing to keep track of. Arbitration, for uh, for those who might not be too terribly familiar with how baseball contracts work, because it's pretty complicated and unlike any other sport, you can't become an unrestricted free agent in baseball until you spent six full seasons at the major league level, you need six years of major league service uh, until you become can become an unrestricted free agent. And in the two years before you uh, you hit that year six of service, you can have salary arbitration, which means that you can go and uh, you can basically you basically go to court and argue what your salary should be for the upcoming season. Now, there's a lot of Things that go into this as well. So Jamer has three years of service, right? So this year he can have salary arb. Next year he can he can go into salary arbitration, and then the year after that he will become an unrestricted free agent. Okay. So his salary this year was two point eight five million. Uh, obviously a one year deal, 
And then, uh, yeah, yeah, so arbitration, you basically go to court and you fight for fight it sounds very dramatic and you uh and and you go in front and you have like a hearing and you uh and and you debate with the organization on what you believe your salary should be for the uh, upcoming season it's caused a lot of issues in the past it's caused a lot of uh, a lot of turmoil in in not with jamer not 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 saying with jamer specifically i just mean the the concept of arbitration in general has uh has honestly really really messed up some relationships with some teams in the past um and service manipulation and all that chris bryant's a a very obvious case of of service manipulation doing that so and and yeah there's a lot of stories of salary arb and and people uh not not being happy with with the difference of salary arbitration you also see uh, a lot of teams try and avoid salary arbitration so if the player believes that his salary should be five million and the team believes it should be three million, a lot of times they'll just say, "You know what? Let's not take this to court and let's settle on a one-year four million dollar deal and just make everybody a happy camper." So that that's also a, a, a possibility that happens quite often uh, because yeah, a lot of teams don't want to go to court and have to send in the team's representative and basically just talk about how the the, pl- the player doesn't deserve his salary or whatever. It's kind of an awkward situation to be in when you're, you know, especially in a case like Jamer, when you're talking about someone who uh, was the best player on the team last year and, uh, and, and is presumably in the long-term plan. So we'll see what happens with that. Regardless, he is a guarantee to be on this roster next year. One of, if not the biggest guarantee on the entire offense, I'd say the only people on the entire team that might be bigger guarantees are like Mize Manning Scooble. Um, but besides that, I, 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 yeah, I'd be pressed to find anyone who is, who is uh, more of a, uh, an absolute lock to be on this opening day roster barring injury. So let's take a look at the incredible season that Jamer had, starting out with, with just war. If you're a big war fan, like I said in in Robbie's episode, I'm gonna try and accommodate for for every type of fan, whether you're you're very analytic, very analytical, uh, or very not, or whether you're you've been following baseball for years and know all the ins and outs, or whether you're you're just getting into it. Whatever, I'm I'm gonna try and portray how good Jamer was in a lot of different lights, and hopefully I do a decent job at that. So, uh. 3.2 F war. Now, uh, F war meaning Fangraphs formula of war because Fangraphs and uh, Baseball Reference have different uh, formulas and different ways to calculate it. Fangraphs has him at 3.2. Baseball Reference has him at 3.7. So a very, very good season from Jamer. If you're over that three war threshold, you're having a pretty damn good year. Uh, and and you are that's like that if you're a if you're in the threes you're like that's like uh, that's that's I would say fringe all star like a, a maybe maybe fringe is is too close but like a just a step below being a, being an all star so that's a it's a damn good season a damn good season for for Jamer over at third base. He had a 271 average, a 351 on base percentage, a 443 slugging percentage, and uh, that would lead him to have a 795 OPS. I was really hoping, as y'all remember, 
really hoping and pressing for him to get that 800 OPS mark. I thought that would have been super cool if he couldn't have had an OPS over 800. Last season was his big coming out party and uh, had an 872 OPS in the shortened season. Started off the season like 0 for 20 or something ridiculous and then turned it around and uh, had an OPS of almost 1,000 for the last 40 games or whatever, 45 games of the season. So I'll be honest. I'll be completely upfront and honest with y'all because I, I always am. And I, I, I wear the things I'm wrong about as as proudly as I wear the things that I'm, I'm right about. Going into the 2020 season, I told myself that this was 2020 was the prove it year for Jamer. If he had a bad season, I was done on him being the, the, the third baseman of the future. If he had a good season, he'd buy me another year. He started off over 20. He and, he and he didn't look good. And I, along with a lot of other people, uh, said, you know what? I, I think we still won that trade, obviously. The, the Alavila and Justin Wilson for Isak and, uh, and Jamer. We still very much won that trade. It's still a, a great trade that I would do again. But I don't think Jamer is the long-term third baseman for this team. And then he went on an absolute tear and was one of the best hitters in baseball for the remainder of the 2020 shortened season. This year, coming into the year, I was very interested. He got hot for a little bit in 2020. I still had some slight reservations about him as the long-term piece of this uh, of this puzzle at third base or, or just really on the team at general, in general. Um, and I still had my reservations about him doing it over a full season, and he was absolutely great this year. He was very, very solid, and I am now fully okay with and support the idea of Jamer Candelario being the long-term third baseman when this team is competitive again. We'll get into some of the, the ifs, ands, and buts about his future in the final segment, but the, the concept of him being on this team long-term, I am now fine with. Great player, hitting his stride. He's about to be his age 28 season, still has three years of control left. I'm all about it. I'm all about it, all right? So let's get into some of these stats and, and, and some of these uh, situational hitting and such that made Jamer so good this season. But first, got to talk to you all. About Spotify Green Room. This episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download, and once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start joining the conversation about the league. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news and rumors. You can even find locked on hosts across the NBA, MLB, NHL. I'll be joining the app soon. So be sure to get started, and I'll meet you all there. We're going to try to do this relatively soon. I, we have an off-season kind of a listeners and of the show and fans of the Tigers come in, and uh, we're going to do a, a green room with a lot of listeners talking about uh, the uh, preseason predictions that a lot of us had and whether they came true or not. We, we had a big group of, uh, of listeners and, and fans of the Tigers uh, write down all of their season predictions on before opening day this year. So we're going to go back and take a look 
at some of those takes. It'll be super fun. So go download the Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the NFL, MLB, NHL group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. I can't wait to join y'all on the app, and I'll be sure to let y'all know when the Locked on Tigers room is live. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way that we talk sports. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two of Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms. So the big thing with Jamer's season, it's impossible to talk about how incredible of a season he had without bringing up the doubles, right? He was an absolute doubles machine, 42 doubles. I believe that made him second in all of baseball in doubles. He was definitely in the top three. I should definitely have that in front of me as well. I apologize. But um, top three in all of baseball in doubles benefits a lot from playing at Comerica, but also just the way he approaches every at bat, right? Like he had 19 homers too, like no, or 16 homers rather uh, at at the plate too. Like no, no slouch when it comes to the home run. 16 is not a, not a unbelievable. Oh my goodness. You're a power hitter number, but, um, second highest home run total of his career so far, but the 42 doubles, 42 doubles, man. He's nice with it. He's nice with it. 42 doubles. Uh, so so that's obviously the, the, the biggest thing that jumps off the page with, with you when you look at the season that Jamer had. He had a 10.5% walk rate. That's solid. That's not Robbie Grossman blow you away. You're one of the best in baseball. But it's also far from below league average. That is, that is a solid, solid number. His career average is 10.7. So if he continues, or 10.5, sorry. So if he if he continues to, to be at or around that that ten and a half number, give or take half a percentage, I will be I will be very, very happy with that. Twenty one and a half percent K percentage, a huge cut down from his season or career total. Huge cut down. Twenty four percent is his career strikeout percentage. That's a strikeout almost one every four at bats for all those math people out there. 21.6% is a huge cutdown. That is wildly impressive, especially considering that it is the lowest of his entire career in, which, in a season in which he played more than 50 games. The only season that he had less than that was 2017 when he had a 21.1, and in that he only played 38 games. So this was his highest games played of his entire career and a 21.6% K percentage. Very, very solid. Uh, that That's, again, not an unbelievable, oh my gosh, you never strike out, but it's also not uh, an alarmingly bad one. You know, you're not talking about Joey Gallo, Anthony Rizzo either. So that's a, a really, really solid number. But even just on a base level, the fact that he cut it down so much from his career numbers, that is the most intriguing part of this to me. A 172 ISO, very, very solid. Uh, very, very solid. We talked about ISO a little bit with Robbie Grossman. Uh, that's, that's around Robbie's actually. So really, really awesome, awesome, awesome season. WRC plus of 119. WRC plus, that is weighted runs created plus. So basically it's a formula which tries and uh, 
tells you how many runs a player created for their team. And obviously, if the, if the stat has a plus on the end, you know it's a scale out of 100. So if he has an, an 100 WRC+, plus, that means he is creating the league average amount of runs. He had a 119, 19% better than league average. That is very, very, very solid. His weighted on base, 344. That's uh, weighted on base is an, a really interesting stat that I, I've come to come to like a lot over the last couple of years. Uh, it, it basically is your on-base percentage, but it weighs every single possible outcome to get on base based on the value of the event. So a in, in just on-base percentage is strictly how often you get on base, whereas weighted on base is uh, taking the value of how much more valuable is a double than a single, how much more valuable is a triple than a single how much more valuable is a single than a walk how much more valuable is a homer than any other event like so it's a really really interesting stat and 344 compared to his 351 true on base percentage solid really really solid okay so let's get into some of the the situational hitting that made Jamer so awesome for the Detroit Tigers this season okay first off First half, first off, first half. His his first half and second half splits. Okay, so he ended with a 795 OPS, right? OPS is probably going to be something that I'm going to look at a lot for these situational hitting uh, stats, okay? So in his first half, he had a 723 OPS. Not horrible, but uh, that's, you know, around league average-ish for this season that, that was just played, okay? Second half, 882 OPS, Went gangbusters. Very, very solid. Uh, Yeah, his OPS by month. May 884, July 941, August 790, September 904. He had a really, really rough June with a sub sub 550 OPS in June. And then a 661 in April when everyone was kind of struggling. Okay, here's one of my favorite stats. If you take anything out of this episode, take this stat. Jamer Candelario's stats in Detroit Tigers wins versus Detroit Tigers losses. This is fascinating. Okay? His stats in games that we won, 34 doubles. 34. He hit 42. 34 doubles, 10 homers. He had a 337 batting average, a 422 on base percentage, a 599, basically a 600 slugging percentage for a 1021 OPS. That is that if you have a 1000 OPS for a full season, you're you're going to get MVP votes. You're going to finish like top 3 in MVP voting. You're going to maybe win MVP. So in the 71 wins, and that's the other thing, this isn't, this isn't 2019 where the, the splits between wins and losses and sample size are 40 versus 120, right? This is 71 games versus 78 in wins versus losses. So in wins, in the 71 wins, he had an over 1,000 OPS. In our 78 losses, Jamer Candelario, eight doubles, six homers, 
He had a 210 batting average, a 284 on base percentage, and only a 300 slugging percentage for a horrid 584 OPS. 71 games and wins. A one th- he almost straight up had double the OPS. It is very hard to fathom how different those two numbers are. 584 in a full season, if you have a 584 OPS, you probably are not playing Major League Baseball the following season. A 1,021 OPS might win you an MVP award. In the 71 wins, he had a 1,021 OPS. In the 78 losses, he had a 584 OPS. That's a hell of a stat, baby. That is a hell of a stat. We'll get into some more on the other side of the break. First, though, got to talk to y'all about our friends over at Built Bar. Do you know that Built Bar has nine delicious flavors? You did because you listened to the show. Coconut, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. My favorite flavor, as y'all know, is the orange with the cookies and cream right there behind it. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box. They're awesome. You get two of each of the nine delicious flavors. And not only are Built Bars the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. All amazing, all tasty, and all healthy. So order today, get that raspberry, get that salted caramel, get that orange, get that mixed box, whatever you'd like. So go to Built.com, it's promo code LOCK15, you get 15% off of your order. It's promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at Built.com. Also got to tell y'all about our friends over at betonline.ag. We're back in better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season. More props, odds, and lines than ever before. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to your our new updated desktop or mobile website and sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code LOCKEDON. To receive your bonus from basketball, football, MLB, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything you can dream of. Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, everybody. We are back here for our final segment of Locked on Tigers. Let's get into some few more stats to why Jamer had such an impactful season and was so valuable to the Detroit Tigers in 2021. And then we'll get into a little bit of his uh, the, the game of Jamer's future is in a very is a very interesting thing to talk about as well. All right. Jamer. When he swung at the first pitch, 732 OPS. When he took the first pitch, 824 OPS. I like that because I like taking pitches and I like walks, as everybody is well aware. Another interesting thing, he kind of moved around in the batting order quite a bit, uh, and he very much was, the further down he was in the order, he the better he was offensively. So batting second in the lineup, where he did it a lot at the beginning of the season, but that didn't last very long. Uh, he had a 551 OPS in 17 games in the two-hole. Not good. Batting third, 44 games, 758 OPS. Batting fourth, almost 30 games, a 743 OPS. But batting fifth, he had the most games played there, 
and had the best numbers there in almost 60 games. He had an almost an 898, almost a 900 OPS in the five hole. So keep him down there. Keep him down there. We don't need to force him to be a two hitter. We're going to hopefully have some signs of people in the offseason. We got Torque and Green coming. There's no reason that Jamer Candelario needs to be your two hitter on a good competitive playoff team. So keep him down there. I think his his ceiling is that anyway. I think he is a very, very good five hitter for like a World Series contending team. I don't think that Jamer Candelario should be like your two, three, four, like your premier hitters in the lineup. But I think he could be an excellent, a an excellent five hitter for a really competitive playoff team. So I love this. I, I love the fact that he hit the best in the five hole. I think that that's uh, that that is vindication for me and, and my belief of what he can be. Uh, another thing I found interesting was we talked a lot about the frustration of driving in runs with this team. We we talked a lot about the the frustration of uh, of of not being able to drive in runs. Average with runners in scoring position, leaving a lot of men on base, especially once we got into the dog days of August and September. Jamer Candelario, okay, with runners in scoring position, had a 9.32 OPS, a 300 batting average, 3.93 on base percentage, a 5.38 slugging, and 14 of his doubles. A 9.32. OPS with runners in scoring position. That's amazing. It's just fascinating when I when I went in and looked at these numbers how how vital he was to this team. Like obviously he was one of the best players on the team this year, but I I don't think even my brain did it justice of how valuable he was on a day to day basis to us winning games. With men on base, period, with any amount of men on base, any combination of men on base, he had a 915 OPS in 281 plate appearances with runners on base. 915 OPS. So, so important to have runners on when Jamer comes up. It's just fascinating. It's fascinating to me looking at this. And seeing how many games were were pretty much determined, especially those close one run games or, or games where we were tied going into like the eighth inning, seventh inning, and just seeing how many of these games were were determined by if Jamer Candelario came up with a man on base or not. Fascinating. Here's one with two outs and runners in scoring position. An 11.53 OPS. He had 63 plate appearances with two outs and runners in scoring position. An 11.53 OPS. 3.79 average, a 4.29 on base percentage, and an unbelievable Barry Bonds-esque 7.24 slugging percentage. In 58 at-bats, 63 plate appearances, with two outs and runners in scoring position. Unbelievable. 
Unbelievable. So let's, I think you kind of get the gist of what I'm going for here with, with how vital Jamer was to the run production of this team this season. But I think it's also important to talk about his future with the team. And that's what we'll end on. He's going into arbitration, as we talked about, right? Going into ARB, he's got three years of service. He'll become a free agent after the 2024 uh, or after the 2023 season. So he's got two years left of, uh, of, of control with this team, free agent in 2024. It is an interesting debate to me to what to do with him. Now, a year ago, this would have been a much closer thing in my head. But even now, it's still prevalent. And so I think it needs to be talked about. If you got a decent return for two years of Jamer Candelario, two, you're, you're trading away two years of control of Jamer Candelario. If you got a, a decent haul for that, in your head, is that worth pulling the trigger on? Is it worth trading two years of Jamer Candelario? It basically depends on how high you think his ceiling is. I think that he's pretty darn close to his ceiling as a player. I think we're, we're seeing a, a, a net zero defense at third. He's going to be around zero DRS, around negative one defensive run saved, or around there. Whether it's negative one or positive one, his whole career, he's pretty much been at or around that, that negative one to positive one uh, number. Uh, this season was actually a, uh, a rough season for him with negative four. But last year, he had a plus two. And in 2019, even though he was horrible at the plate, he had a plus one. So I expect him to be around zero defensive run saves as a third baseman, which is solid. Around an 800 OPS, which is, I, I will gladly take that, cal- again, I will gladly take that kind of player in my five hole for a competitive team. And, and I think the OPS could even get better. I, I think we could be looking at a guy who, who could get up into the mid-800s in OPS too. That type of player, two years of control, what do you think? What do you think? It's an interesting conversation to have because we, we don't have a ton of of depth at third base within the organization. Isak Peretti's can play third. He's still somewhat of a question mark on his future as well. Uh, had a had an interesting professional career with the call-ups and send-downs and his season in Toledo and all that we, that we can get into another day. Um, Spencer Torkelson drafted as a third baseman, but is already playing not exclusive, I'm not going to say first base, but pretty damn close to exclusive first base. I don't know. It's interesting. It's an interesting conversation to have because, in theory, his value will never be higher. His value will never be higher than coming off of two really solid seasons, two years of control left uh, at, at, a, at a very low salary because one of them is whatever, two point whatever mil, and the other one uh, is would be his last arbitration hearing. So, so you're getting him for, for less than 10 mil AAV for two more years of total control. His, his value would never be higher. If you were to trade Jamer, you would have to do it right now. 
I don't think they're going to. Like I said, he's, I think he's one of the biggest locks on the team. It's just an interesting concept. And I think the, the big question is going to be trade deadline of this season. If this season doesn't go to plan and we don't take another step in the right direction and we're still kind of struggling, I don't know. That, that could be an avenue. I'm not saying it's the one I would make. I'm not saying it's an overly smart one or whatever, but but it, it, it could be a very justifiable avenue. You're talking about a, okay, he's he's solid, but he's not going to be a third baseman. That he, He's never going to be that like perennial all-star type, but you need solid people. You can't just have a full team of, of perennial all-stars. I don't know. It, it, it's really an interesting conversation. And, and I guess a lot of it, what it, a lot of it will come down to is if they negotiate with, with his agent and try to lock, lock up a long-term deal, what, what that looks like. If Jamer thinks his value is higher than, uh, than the Tigers, then, then there you go. That, that might make the decision a lot easier. I don't know. It's going to be a very interesting next couple of years to, to watch Jamer either continue to grow or, uh, or, or see what his future with the team will end up being. I, I don't think that we move him, though. I think we're done tearing down. I, I think that this is very much the build-up phase of all this. And uh, I, I think if we were to move him, it would be after next season. Like, if we take a really big step forward again this year, we're, like, right on the fringe of the playoffs, and we look around, and Jamer has another high 700s OPS year, a solid year, but not an unbelievable year, like, a, like another three-war season. And he has one year left of control, and we're like, okay, you know what? We're, we can trade him for future assets, continue to build in the right direction, and uh, and and maybe take the money that we would have spent on Jamer, put it somewhere else. Maybe we get a third base prospect in return for him that that we feel good about. I don't know. Again, I I think that he's he's here to stay for the foreseeable future. I'm not saying any of this will happen. I just think that he, his his timeline of his six years of service ending right when the team expects to become like perennial consistent contender is just very fascinating to me. It's very, very interesting timing. Very interesting timing. All right. Hopefully that was a, that was a good breakdown for y'all on Jamer Candelario. Uh, tomorrow... We will be back. I haven't decided who we're going to do yet, so uh, stay tuned for that. But it'll definitely be someone that uh, that that one of you guys replied to that tweet with. So I will go through, um, and uh, and yeah, we'll be back tomorrow with another breakdown of uh, of a player on the Tigers' twenty six man roster. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thanks for making Locked On Tigers your first listen every day. Now go make your second listen. Locked on MLB Prospects. Host Aram Lighton is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep into the MLB stars of tomorrow. Arizona Fall League's a blast, so that pros- that, uh, that that podcast has got to be bumping during the, uh, during the Arizona Fall League. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your support, as always. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow with another player. And uh, yeah, I think that's all I got. I keep trying to like think of other stuff I want to say, but I think I think that's about it. Peace and love, going to therapy's dope, and I will catch y'all tomorrow. Go Tigers, baby. <laughs>